Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and registered art therapist. And I'm Katherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Our mission on Am I a Bad Therapist is to normalize and humanize our existence as therapists. You can help us spread this message by subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you are right now, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know the drill. You can also help us by sharing Am I a Bad Therapist with your network, whether it's on social media, your stories, or just between colleagues. Every listener helps us make a difference in this field, and we'll always reshare if you tag us. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to check out our pretty faces on our YouTube channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to head over to our podcast and leave a review. You can find all of our links in the notes below. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Catherine, we have talked about this before. We will talk about it again. But we know that you live and work in a small town, and I'm sure running into clients feels familiar to you. How do you deal with that? Gosh, how do I deal with it? Well, I, I have to say that I first became familiar with it when I was working in a city, but it was a college campus. So mm. I think college counseling center therapists can relate to this as well, where mm-hmm. you see your clients walking around campus and at different functions. So that was my first experience at my postdoc and helped normalize it. But there is a multitude of layers of interactions I have because I, I work in the town I grew up in and it is a small town. So there are so many overlapping connections that it has really desensitized me to encountering clients in public. And I say encounter because the interactions we have are really based on them. As I think we all know mm-hmm. that therapists uh, initiate the the interactions and we follow their lead. But it is something that I've become more comfortable with. I, I would say I'm still not entirely comfortable, especially when I have my family with me or my toddler's having a meltdown or I just want to <laughs> focus on like what I'm doing and not mm-hmm. have this like, oh, there's a client over there in the back of my head. So it's mm-hmm. something I'm still working on, but it, it still comes up a lot for me. Yeah. Well, today we are going to hear from Jenna. And this happened early on in her career mm-hmm. where she um, was after work, went to a 
like a local festival, had a few glasses of wine, and then ran into a client. So we're going to hear all of her internal thoughts, how she dealt with it, and how she moved forward from it. And if she really is a bad therapist or not. Mm -hmm. So... Before we get started, just a friendly reminder, this episode is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy itself. All right. Well, this is, believe it or not, episode number 16 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Shanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I listen every week, so it's like surreal to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening, and we're so happy to have you here. Um, For those of you who are tuning in and not a member of the Teletherapist Network, Jenna and all of us here are members, so we know each other from the network. There's a little bit of a background and a a friendship going on, so we're Mm -hmm. excited to have you here, Jenna. And before we get into your situation of Bad Therapist Moment, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So um, I am a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. I'm well, I'm licensed in Ohio and in Illinois, but I'm currently in Ohio, Northeast Ohio and working in community mental health. Um, So still pretty early in my career. I'm about two years in. um, So I'm pretty, pretty early. This, the uh, situation I'm going to share was like super early in my career. So um, I work with like all ages, all populations. Um, I prefer working with like really young kids and then also like young adults, kind of like college age, emerging adulthood. Um, But yeah, I love it all, but really young kids really love it. So, And I know you, uh, we have very similar styles in our therapeutic approach, Jenna. I know this from the network, but I know yeah. you love incorporating creativity and the work that you do. I do. And I, that's also my ideal populations that you work with too. So it's just so nice to hear that little bit about it too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. A lot of like play and creativity. And so, yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jenna, tell us about your bad therapist moment. Yes. So the client, the situation I'm going to be referencing is actually one of my teenage clients. Um, So which is kind of added to like my insecurity and like the anxiety of the moment. So um, or the situation. So um, I like I said, this was I had just recently moved back. I was about um, to my hometown from Chicago. Um, So I moved back to Ohio. It's not really a small town, but it's kind of a small town feel. Um, So I was about six months into working at this agency um, and it's downtown and it was in the summer. We have like this like festival the first Friday of every month. You can go downtown and (laughs) there's all kinds of things like there's like food trucks, there's an art district, there's, you know, all kinds of things. You can go to different restaurants and um, they usually like stay open later. There's like music. It's like super fun. So at the time I was working, um, you know, like nine to five on Fridays. And so, um, me and like family member decided to meet up after work, um, go, (laughs) go there. And I was like, sure. Yeah. And I work right down the road. Like I work downtown Mm. (laughs) and this festival is downtown. So I was like, yeah, like let's meet up. This will be fun. Um, bearing in mind that I had worked all day and I'm not, I'm getting better, but particularly at this time, I was not great about boundaries and like, uh, 
setting my, like making sure I took a lunch break and things like that. So I had been working all day. Don't particularly remember if I ate lunch, but if I had, it was like five hours earlier. So Mm -hmm. I'd gone, been working all day, probably didn't have much in my stomach. Um, and I went out, I had a couple glasses of wine, um, like two, it was not a lot. Um, (laughs) But, and then we decided, uh, we were going, we were like met for a drink. Then we were going home. My, um, we were going to like go to dinner. I think we were meeting up with like the rest of, you know, going home to meet up with our families to, um, to get dinner. And, um, as I like stood up, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Like I'm feeling this one. Like I haven't eaten all day Mm -hmm. and I'm walking to the car with my family member and, um, I was like, okay, just put one foot in front of the other. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, um, and honestly, like looking back, I, I don't think anyone could tell. I don't even think the person I was with could tell, but in my Mm -hmm. head, I was just like focusing. Um, and so I'm walking to the car, not to drive. I, whenever I tell this story, I always like disclaimer, the person I was driving. (laughs) Disclaimer. um, Yes. Disclaimer. I was the passenger in the car. (laughs) Um, so we're walking and, um, as I was walking, I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw, I saw this girl and I was like, Oh my gosh. It it like clicked. I was like, Oh, there's a client. There's my teenage client. And I like all at once, it just like came to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm like running through the ethical code and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like a little bit tipsy. And what do you do when you see a client in public? Mm-hmm. And like all of these things are running through my head all at once. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What do I do? And so I'm like, okay, just keep walking. Like just focus, mm-hmm. like look straight ahead, like just... And right as I'm, like, thinking all of these things, I hear, like, Jenna! <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I literally just stopped dead in my tracks, like, in the middle, middle of the sidewalk. I just stopped. So you were already aware your client was nearby. You were like, I'm just going to keep acting normal. I'm not going to. I'm not yep. going to. I'm going to keep acting normal. I, I'm feeling some wine right now. And probably making the situation even more anxiety provoking and a little bit more difficult to navigate mentally and cognitively, right? Um, And you're hoping, I would assume, that your client does not see you and all of a sudden you're walking forward and you hear your name. What went through your mind when you heard Jenna? Oh my gosh. I was like, I, I literally was just like, this is worst case scenario <laughs> because <laughs> I was hoping, right, that she wouldn't see me, wouldn't acknowledge me. Because um, like I said, I had been hoping, right, like I was going through the ethical code and I was like, well, of course, I don't acknowledge her. She doesn't acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping that she wouldn't acknowledge me and that would give me the out not to acknowledge her and I could just keep walking um, and like it, like it never happened. Um, and then I was like, you know, maybe when I'm nice and professional in my office, um, we can address this in the next session. And if she brings up, Hey, I saw you, whatever, and I'll be prepared for it. Um, 
And so I literally was like, stopped. At this point, I had just passed her, so my back was to her. And I was like, do I act like I don't hear her? <laughs> do I just keep walking? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, was that a possibility? Could you pretend like you didn't hear? Like, oh, I had a headphone in. <laughs> It didn't even cross my mind. I would have been like, yeah, I'm a <laughs> So I thought about it. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, okay, well, she acknowledged me first. So like the ethical code says I can say hi, right? So yeah, I mean, I was just like, and then, I mean, literally the first moment I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible. Like that was literally my first thought was like, I'm a professional now. Like I can't do this. Like, this is a small town. Like, what are you thinking? You just moved back here. Mm-hmm. Like you can never drink again. Like I, that was my first thought. <laughs> yeah. You're sworn off of alcohol, Jenna. Like it doesn't matter that you're an adult and you're over 18 or over 21. Um, you can't drink alcohol ever again. You can never go in public. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, so that's all of these things were like racing through my head. Yeah. It was like, you can't, you know, you can't drink in public ever again. Like, what what were you thinking? Um, what were you thinking? Especially so close to work. That's what mm. I was thinking. Um, actually, we were parked. This is the, the irony. We were parked in my work, my office parking lot. That's how close we were. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what was I thinking going out this close to work? So a lot of thought. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a topic we talk about all the time. It comes up so much. And it's that gray area where we don't want to stop living our lives, but we still want to be professional. So it's so Mm -hmm. tricky to navigate. Um, And I always refer to Catherine because I know that you live and work in a small town. So you are well practiced at this. Um, I personally by choice live very far from like my well I don't have my office now but even before then people would be like oh my gosh your commute is so long like how do you deal with that I'm like I don't have to worry about running into people when I'm three day dirty hair like sweatpants in the grocery store I don't have to worry about that so it makes it worth it to say grocery delivery and having toddlers to keep me home did change my life in a positive (laughs) way (laughs) oh my goodness so what happened next Yeah. So I turned around (laughs) and I just said, hi. (laughs) Um, And actually, so I I turned around and I saw my client standing there with somebody else. And um, it actually, if you can believe this got worse. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, I said, hi. And she turns to the person she's with and she goes, this is my therapist. (laughs) And I was like mortified. Because again, I'm like, teenagers, I feel like teenagers have this sixth sense. And I was like, they can tell. (laughs) Like, so I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, and because I'm so young, I thought like, maybe I get that a lot. Like, oh, you look like a teenager. So I was thinking maybe the person she was with, like I could pass as like, oh, she, I'm someone she knows from school. I'm like, whatever. Um, No, this is my therapist. And so um, I said, I just said like, oh, it looks like you're having fun. Like, I'll see you later. And I turned around (laughs) and I walked away. Um, 
and then, you know, had to deal with the ramifications of then my family member was like, who was that? And I was like, hmm. I didn't answer. Before we get into how this played out, both in the therapy room with your client and then with your with your family member, I'm curious, why were you mortified being identified as a therapist, as this person's therapist? Can you speak more to that? Yeah, I think um, I think it was because, A, I just so didn't expect it um, because I think I putting myself in her shoes that's so not something I would do Mm. that's not the way I would react um and I think because like alcohol was involved and I just felt Mm. so like irresponsible I think in that moment I was like I was playing lawyer judge and jury and Mm. like I mean I was like license revoked like (laughs) like like I I just felt like I was you know of course we're our own worst critic um and so I just felt like this is like the worst this is the worst possible like scenario would you have felt do you think you would have felt differently if alcohol wasn't involved would Um, it have been as mortifying or would you have been as harsh on yourself just curious about the multiple multiple layers here right seeing the client out in public having them like fully like out you as their therapist, which they have the right to do. And then, but then the layer of, you know, responsibly drinking as an adult is, is playing into your, your response. Yeah. Um, I think, no, I don't think I would have felt as like insecure or anxious or mortified, um, about it because I think I would have felt more able to like, keep on my professional like Mm. therapist hat I think especially at that time being so fresh I felt Mm. like I I still had to like be a therapist all the time I had to like have Mm. this therapist hat on all the time um and so I felt like I was like I was I didn't have the ability to like have that like capability at that time. So, um, yeah, I think I would have felt more able to do that and maybe less, you know, like caught off guard, um, had I had completely all my faculties about me. (laughs) Let's pause here for a quick ad break. Are you looking to incorporate more creativity into your clinical practice, but don't know where to start? As a registered art therapist, I truly believe that every clinician can utilize creativity in what they do. I absolutely love offering consultation and supervision to share with clinicians how to ethically incorporate therapeutic art making into their clinical practice. I focus on easy and simple interventions with very little prep work for you and your clients. Visit www.cccs.care to learn more. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? our clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. And now back to the show. 
the thing that comes up in my mind is I purposefully don't have an active personal social media presence. And mm-hmm. that is because in my very small town in which I grew up in, I have a lot of friends and connections and family friends and parents of friends and, you know, community members that, you know, I, they know people who might be seeing me. And so having a public, per, uh, having my private persona public to me, um, implicate, brings implications into the therapy room. And I try and minimize that. And it's been, and also I don't miss it. It's not like something I'm missing out on. Uh, I don't want it. Um, but I can relate to this idea of someone seeing you not in the professional mode and it one jarring your confidence, especially as a newly minted uh, therapist. And two, like it compl- it brings things into the therapy room. Like it does, and you can use it in a good way, but it does bring more stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I'm wondering like now in reflection, like thinking back to it and like being a little more seasoned now, do you feel like it was as deserving of this harshness on yourself? Because I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking like it's a Friday night. It's after work hours. You know, like we said, you're an adult. You're having a drink. It's not like you're taking shots in your lunch break and they have an appointment with you after this. <laughs> like I'd be like, yeah, okay, then Jenna, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. But <laughs> I'm wondering now with that reflection, like, do you think it deserved that um, kind of mindset about it? No, I don't. Like, I think, yeah, I, I have a lot more, like, objectivity about it. And like I said, like, I am I was being responsible about mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah. it's, um, I was totally not, like, I was not by any means, like, totally drunk or, like, being outrageous about it. I, I was responsibly drinking. Um, and, like, there was actually a part of me that was, when I was stopped and, like, my back was still to her, I was worried that she would see it in me, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what if she can tell? And there was a part of me that was like, what if she's been drinking? And what am I going to do with that information? Mm. She's a minor. And what am I going to do? Like, Mm -hmm. um, because I remember having that conversation in graduate school. um, And, like, you know, what, what what would you do if you saw your client in a bar and then it kind of escalated into like what if your client has a drinking problem what if your client's a minor like what and so I was like then what do I do with that information mm-hmm. um that didn't happen to my knowledge that you know that's different <laughs> that would be a different situation I guess but um yeah it's definitely with like removing myself from the situation I have a lot more objectivity and like mm-hmm. No. And that's definitely like a lesson that I've learned from it. Um, Catherine, like you were saying, like you can't give up your social life. You can't give up your, you know, your, your life. Like we're, we're humans too. Um, and we have lives outside the therapy room. So, and I certainly, you know, I wasn't being outrageous about it at all. And I think my perception of how I appeared and, the people around me, I don't think anyone would have even guessed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think I looked probably totally fine. So, well, and also, I feel like when I asked that question, I'm sure I would feel the exact same way <laughs> in the moment. Like now, sitting here, like, you know, years later, I'm like, yeah, Jenna, you know, you shouldn't have been so hard on yourself. Um, yeah. But I can, with a lot of confidence, say I'm sure I would have felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenna. How did this interaction show up in the therapy room when you saw this patient next? Yeah. So again, like 
saw her on the schedule and I was like, okay, like, right, I got to broach this. <laughs> um, and I did, like, I, 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 she didn't bring it up, I don't think, about seeing me. Um, so I believe I did. I was like, hey, just like, you know, we saw each other a couple weeks ago and she's like, oh yeah, like, totally, like, didn't even, like, was just kind of so nonchalant about it. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, like, I was like, just, you know, just a reminder, like, um, I said hi, because you, you know, you said hi to me first, and that's fine, you can always do that. Um, just, you know, a reminder, I wouldn't say hi first. And, um, and then I kind of went in a little bit more to like who she was with. I was like, Oh, like, was that so-and-so like, you know, people she was, she had been talking about. I assumed it was, um, somebody she had brought up in therapy. And she's like, Oh no, I had met them that night. And I was like, Oh, and that took me even more by surprise that somebody she had just met. She was like, this is my therapist. And I was like, interesting. So, um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit, <laughs> but I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Like there's yeah. no, she's not even implying there's a stigma. And like, if no. I ran into my veterinarian on the street, I'd be like, this is my vet <laughs> like, yeah. or this is my primary care doctor. Like Literally, I yeah. like, she does think my that's hair. Amazing. Like, yeah. 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 yeah so, um, yeah, she was, she was just like, yeah. Like I just was like, Oh my gosh, this is how I know. Like, I, I go to school with her. Like, yeah, this is, mm -hmm. this is my therapist. So it was, it was like totally no stigma at all. Um, and it was, she was like super nonchalant about seeing me. So yeah, I feel like that comes up a lot with my clients, like teens, college students, um, where I feel like they always joke. They're like, oh yeah, as soon as we're done with therapy, like I fire off the group text of like the tips, the strategies, yeah. the coping <laughs> skills posted on Instagram or like TikTok, whatever, like so open <laughs> about therapy. It's amazing. Or like a lot of my clients with like partners, they're like, oh, we do a full debrief. Um, and they're yeah. so, so many people are so open about it now. And it's amazing to see, but I feel like it does come up a lot where in, in my own intakes, kind of go through that spiel of like, if we do run into each other, you know, tell them the art, what we have to do. And so many times they're like, why? I'm like, well, some people wouldn't want mm -hmm. someone to know that I'm their therapist. Right. And they're like, why? It's like, well, <laughs> that's just <laughs> how it goes. Um, but it's so interesting to see that perspective. Mm -hmm. that, that reminds me of a pretty unique situation I find myself in occasionally where families who are really open about a parent or a child going to therapy, I'll have someone, I have no clue who they are, come up to me in public and be like, you're Dr. Katie. My my mom sees you. We talk about your work all the time at the house. And that's a really unique situation where one, it's really cool. That, and I know usually like that this person is open about it, but I can't acknowledge that right. I am their relative's therapist. So I usually just, Hi, it's what's your name? I'm I'm Katie. Like it's nice to meet you. Or and it, it's a really interesting situation as more people are open about therapy, which is awesome. It right. does put a lot more thoughtfulness into how we acknowledge or approach clients outside of the therapy room. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, Jenna, did you um, end up like going to any like seeking any consultation or like supervision around it or did you just kind of like know how to handle it and dealt with it in the session or did you talk about it with anyone else while it was happening or right after 
Um, I talked about it like with some coworkers and things like that. I think right after it happened, I was still like too nervous to even bring it up with like supervisors or anyone like above me, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like I still felt like that whole like, are they going to say like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. But um, I talked about it with like kind of my same level peers and mm-hmm. um, we've joked about it because I'm like, you know. <laughs> Like, let's go out for a drink and <laughs> talk about it. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I talked about it with them, and they were like, yeah, it sounds like you handled it right. I mean, she she said hi to you, and, um, you know, you were going to keep walking. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, what what was I going to do? Like, like I said, that split second of, like, do I act like I didn't hear her? But um, I feel like that would have been worse. That, mm-hmm. that approaching in the next session would have been worse if I had been like um I mean she shouted it and I was she (laughs) shouted my name and I was standing right there um so yeah yeah so I've I've talked about it with um a few of like my coworkers that I'm I'm close with and I'm friends with and yeah they were like yeah I mean um I don't think that it's happened to them but it certainly could um because it's yeah I mean like I said we're all um where this festival happens like spring through fall and Mm -hmm. we're it's right down the road so um and we're all kind of young professionals so (laughs) we're in the same what what advice would you give to a colleague who had a few drinks um ran into a a client on the uh, at this festival and everything went fine but they were really beating themselves up over it and shameful about it What Mm -hmm. advice would you give to them? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, it's just like, don't give up your life. Like you can't stop living your life. You can't give up your social life or your favorite activities or, um, you know, family, going out with your family or friends or, um, you know, holiday traditions just because you're a therapist. Um, And like I said, like be responsible about it. Like, you know, I mean, we're not the, we're not, I'm not judging for, you know, being a good or bad therapist totally, but, um, so it's, it's reasonable, but certainly like, yeah, I think getting that objectivity, um, so yeah, the next day I went in, I talked to my coworkers and they were able to kind of give me that perspective of like, Mm -hmm. sounds like you handled it. Mm-hmm. just fine. Um, obviously in the moment it was a little bit different. It wasn't like something that happened in the clinical room where I was able to just right after session, go get mm-hmm. feedback. Um, but I would say, yeah, just trying to get that perspective, um, afterwards and asking like, Hey, how do you think, how do you think this went? Like, do you think I handled this? Okay. Because, um, yeah, a lot of times, it can be, we're our own worst critic and, um, it's our own, like, it can be like our own anxiety or insecurity that we're beating ourselves up when really it's like, we were doing nothing wrong. We're living our own lives. Just Mm -hmm. like I had every right to be at that festival. My client had every right to be at that festival and, um, our worlds are gonna, you know, interact sometimes, especially when you live in like that small town or that small town feel. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, I'm so glad you shared the story, Jenna, because it's so relatable. I feel like so many of us can take, like, just feel so validated and seen in this moment. Um, But before we let you go, if anyone does want to connect with you outside of the podcast, where can they find you? 
Yeah. Well, like uh, Catherine said at the beginning, definitely if you're on the teletherapist network, I'm sure you uh, have already found me. I'm very active. (laughs) So yes, I am on the network. Um, If you're not on the network, then you can email me at um, Jenna H at Phoenix rising org. Perfect. And we'll link that, of course, in our show notes if anyone wants to reach out. Um, And do you have a therapy Instagram or no, I can't remember if you I don't. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure we didn't miss out on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna. I love your story. I can relate to so much of it. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners do. So thank you for joining us, sharing some vulnerability. And um, you're welcome back at any time when you have more bad therapist moments. Oh, yeah, I've had plenty. So I'll be back. (laughs) Season two. (laughs) Thanks, Jenna. (laughs) And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. And are you a bad therapist and want to join us on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song, along with many others, on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.